The questions you always had. The answers you were never given. The place to seek the truth. Welcome to Veritas. Now, Exo-Ordinary Mind Facts. Did you know technology is becoming indistinguishable from reality? It's getting harder to spot a deepfake video. And deepfakes are becoming even more realistic. In the latest example of deepfake technology, researchers have shown off new software that uses machine learning to let users edit the text transcript of the video to add, delete, or change the words coming right out of somebody's mouth. Recently, Samsung researchers announced a system that can create realistic deepfake video avatars from just one image. We now have the technology to create completely virtual fake human beings, out of nothing. Think about the potential danger of the misuse of this technology. How easy will it be to frame someone? And conversely, people will soon claim real videos of themselves are fake. This technology has the potential to ruin relationships, reputations, our online reality, and most importantly, our trust in society. The potential ramifications of deepfakes should act as a call to action in redesigning systems of trust, to be more open, more decentralized, and more collective. Now is the time to start thinking about a different future for society. And that was, Exo-Ordinary Mind Facts. Now, on to this week's Veritas interview. I'm Exo. Good night. Interactions with alternate realms, the dead, and non-human entities, out-of-body and near-death experiences, psychic and healing abilities, mystical and peak experiences, and more have opened the door to unseen forces and questions about consciousness, life, and reality that science struggles to explain. Tonight's groundbreaking discussion with a neuroscientist and unbiased futurist thinker will answer and wake you up to the meaning of life, reality, and you. Greetings, I'm your host, Mel Fabregas. And if you're new to the Veritas family, welcome home. To listen to tonight's full interview and all of our material, just click on the subscribe button. And don't forget to visit the Veritas store for MMS, hemp oil, pure organic sulfur, and much more. And if you want to get in touch with me, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button of our website at veritasradio.com. Tonight's special guest is Dr. Robert Davis. Dr. Davis bridges the gap between science and spirituality through an objective evidence-based analysis of experimental research and theories, integrating them with life-changing personal accounts of spiritual and extraordinary experiences. He is an internationally recognized scientist in his field who graduated with a PhD in sensory neuroscience from the Ohio State University and served as professor of neuroscience at the State University of New York for over 30 years. He has published over 60 articles in scholarly journals, lectured at national and international scientific conferences, and was awarded several major research grants from the National Institute of Health and the National Science Foundation. He has written three books. The latest one is titled Unseen Forces, The Integration of Science, Reality, and You, which will be the focus of tonight's interview. His website is bobdavisspeaks.com. 
Bob.com. Dr. Robert Davis joins us directly from Northport, Florida. Hello, Bob, and welcome back to Veritas. How are you? Oh, I'm fine, Mel. It's a, it's a pleasure to be with you again. It's always a pleasure. And on first of all, congratulations on the new book, Unseen Forces, The Integration of Science, Reality, and You. But I don't think I asked you the last time we had you on, what motivated you to leave academia on retirement and engage in writing these books? Oh, well, uh, I didn't have the initial motivation until I had some unique experiences, which led to the development and production of each individual book. Uh, for instance, upon retirement, uh, my wife and I vacationed out in Sedona, Arizona. For a few listeners who are familiar with it, it's a beautiful, beautiful area of the country. Oh. Red rock galore, known for its uh, so-called mystical paranormal-like activity, uh, one of the portals, as they say, <laughs> around the world for such activity. Um, we were walking one, one night. Uh, suddenly, uh, we each noticed two orange orbs in the night sky. Uh, first one appeared, and then the second one seemed to emerge from within it or behind it. They remained stationary for several minutes and then winked out. No, obviously it could be a, it could be anything, but it was most unusual. Obviously, I would refer to it as a UAP. That stirred more than my interest uh, and and excitement <laughs> to say for sure. Especially since I've been very interested in in the UFO phenomenon, and I'd like to refer to it as a UAP, unidentified aerial phenomena. Uh, so that led me to write. The first book, uh, The UFO Phenomenon, Should I Believe? Then about two years later, uh, and Mel, I think I was on the show with you actually discussing that book. That's um, right. Um, uh, and then about uh, two years later, Mel, I, um, I had a lucid dream. Uh, the first one, as I recall, I, I just can't remember having anything so vivid and real uh, in, in content. I felt I was suffocating. I, I, uh, I was struggling to breathe with all the horror of having that type of symptom, knowing you're going to die. Not surprisingly, that fear alone woke me up. And upon waking, I, had, I knew without question that my dear friend Anne had passed away. And you, you got it. She passed away, as I later found out, that just around that time in the morning. Um, and I purposely, in fact, uh, asked what time, and, and it was, you know, plus or minus a couple of minutes, as best as I could estimate. Estimate. I asked, I asked her son at, at the funeral, just out of curiosity. In, in any case, the two alone, having a lucid uh, a dream, which was most unusual for me, and having it associated with her passing is a classic synchronicity timing and meaning and meaning and young would certainly classify that as a synchronistic event uh, nevertheless that led to me writing the second book life after death an analysis of the evidence uh, that's more of a academia based book uh, in terms of presenting research and reincarnation obviously near death and out of body experiences uh, and, and, and other aspects of ESP, evidence, in other words, that represents an argument, theories that support the distinction between consciousness, whatever that might be, 
this time of the year <laughs> and the brain. Uh, and of course, anecdotal evidence exists as well as experimental that do suggest that. Nevertheless, okay, another two years go by and I give a talk in Australia at a conference. I uh, can't recall the name of it, but it pertained to uh, consciousness. And after I gave the talk, I, I was outside the auditorium talking with a few people. And, and a couple of people suggested that we go to a hotel room and, um, and have a few drinks and chat. So we all went. Uh, during the evening, the woman said, can we do some healing? And everybody seemed to agree. Uh, I was a little uh, inebriated, so I went along for the ride. She started talking about erasing engrams, cleaning DNA, uh, uh, rid the body of disease, uh, get rid of the bad entity, et cetera, et cetera, along those lines, conceptually, conceptually at least. Well, I began to cough excessively, literally 20 minutes worth of coughing, uh, and also begin to have involuntary bodily movements of so my shoulders, my lips, my head would turn. Another person in the room literally fell on the floor and was writhing. But all along, it, although it looked like the people in the room were in distress, there was a very positive energy flow, as we all discussed afterwards. Oh, it felt high, highly energetic and joyous, in fact. Uh, another person had similar kinds of reactions, uh, dramatic in nature, profound, to say the least. And it, it, if it was a hypnosis, my gosh, I, I, that would surprise me. I don't consider myself uh, one who can be hypnotized. It has been tried and unsuccessfully. And to have everybody react in an involuntary manner, uh, time locked to her discussion is quite, quite unusual. I had a separate session with her, same effect. And I could think in my head, I could say to myself, I am a conscious and look at my body. I can't control it. Uh, and I'm feeling interconnected with the, with the reality. I come away with it, of course, with great anxiety. What happened to me? A type of spiritual emergency that people have after any profound experience, like an NDE, uh, a DMT experience, like ayahuasca, uh, a UAP experience, anything that might uh, make one question the, the nature of reality, one's role in life, uh, that they are now distinctly different than their brain. At least they come to that realization uh, with, the, with the validity of, of like the, they know the back of their hand. Those kinds of unique, extraordinary events that I guess the majority never kind of experience, but those who do are changed. And we're going to talk about that uh, along the lines of the concept in the book, Unseen Forces, that, that does address that. Well, I came back to the States and changed. I had an altered state of consciousness. Uh, very good, very positive in many ways, and we'll talk more about that again. But I felt uplifted, energetic. I, I wanted to hug trees, and in fact did, never wanted to before. Uh, but it, I also had a million questions in my head. I felt the negative as well as positive vibes from people. I felt as if I was more sensitive 
to other people's emotions. Now, if it was a, a, a brief psychotic episode, um, um, you know, bring it on. It was very f- positive. However, there was associated anxiety, a type of spiritual emergency that did persist for a few weeks. People have that. It's not uncommon. Again, along along the types of experiences that we're going to be addressing. So that led to me writing this book, Unseen Forces, the Integration of Science, Reality, and You, which is my attempt to write it more for the general population. And, and thus far, it seems to be going very well in terms of acceptance uh, and, and general feedback. So um, it's a long-winded story, but I'm waiting now for my next <laughs> extraordinary experience as to facilitate writing my next book, whatever that is. You know, I uh, I, I, I have I can only guess as to what that might be. Do you think you're writing these books because obviously you're motivated by purpose? But this uh, can we call it a peak experience? Is this a big catalyst? Oh, indeed. Uh, indeed, it, it was like a culmination of all uh, of that experience as well as the other two experiences with the UAP and the shared death experience, which is essentially what I had, knowing uh, knowing my Anne had passed via the lucid dream. Uh, but I try to figure out what, on the basis of my personal experiences and and what I, I know from my own research uh, in, in the literature, and we all we all uh, read articles and, and, and anecdotal evidence as well as experimental evidence. And I'm, I'm very geared in that direction since I did research. Uh, so I do look at uh, studies done by Dean Radin, among others, in parapsychology and ESP, remote viewing, uh, and, and associated uh, information on OBEs and NDEs, among other related topics. So I'm, I'm more focused in that direction, but how can you not uh, incorporate reading other books on, on UFOs by Ballet and Heineck, uh, among among John Keel, among many others. And I'm hesitant to name names because you regret <laughs> those names you left out. But so it, it, we all do that. It's a lot of fun. Uh, and you do learn a great deal about possibilities that and, and we have to be very careful trying to adopt a particular conclusion. And I think it's premature to, to, to make a conclusion about what this all means. But this, yes, but this book was an attempt to at least pre- present the evidence and my two cents worth in terms of what might be the unifying characteristic that subserves these UAP experiences, uh, NDEs, psychoactive reactions from certain substances, um, and OBEs. Uh, among other kinds of consciousness-based experiences that defy logic, uh, like ESP, uh, precognition, psychokinesis, and we'll talk about that, I'm sure. So there is a unifying factor. Not surprisingly, uh, we come up with the term consciousness as as that, as, as I think most of you audience came to that that conclusion, Uh, and that's a likely possibility, but we first need to understand what consciousness is, and and I don't, 
I don't come across as knowing uh, what it is, uh, yet many people do so. Uh, and many people from different disciplines do so. And, and depending on the discipline, we're going to have a different definition of what consciousness is. Obviously, the physician evaluates that as a level of alertness as it relates to a comatose or a fully awake state. You ask a psychologist, you're going to get an explanation of consciousness on the basis of what? Cognition, uh, semantic context, uh, memory, uh, and other related issues. That, But here again, we'll now look at the philosopher, and I guess you could say all bets are off. <laughs> you could get any kind of explanation. The point is... While many profess to have a, a firm understanding of what consciousness is, I think they have keen insight. I like to write about it and read about it from others. You know, panpsychism is the current kind of popular theory. Who knows what it'll be in five years? You can't firmly prove it, uh, what it is, um, and maybe and likely will someday, but it interrelates with all of these other types of peak experiences, as you said, and that's, and that's a term that um, Walter Stace and the um, uh, name escapes me at the moment, uh, put, you know, used to try to explain a, a realer than real experience uh, beyond everyday awareness where one feels interconnected with the universe and, and, and has a sense of altered time and space, uh, they develop keen insight and wisdom, so they feel. And they do feel, uh, not all, but many feel as if they, they are separate from their body and can engage in telepathic communication with non-human entities who they claim to interact with. Uh, sometimes it's deceased relatives, it's the supreme beings, as we all know. This is not, this is not necessarily new information. But it might be for some, but also uh, the alien greys and other types of species that people report when they interact with the UAP, like the insecticides, the mantids, etc. Uh, um, et, et um, the greys, as well as human-looking and energy beings associated with the UAP. But they also say, that along with their enhanced intuition, they also have renewed psychic abilities. Many people who have NDEs, for instance, say afterwards that they do have psychic abilities. What we lack, however, is research to do a pre-post-test comparison in that individual and and in, in a group uh, of individuals with, with large sample sizes to know in, whether or not, in fact, they do develop psychic abilities. And as far as I know, there's no study along those lines. But the point is they, they perceive it. Uh, and if they do so, then they do. If they think they have precognition or can sense others' feelings, whatever it might be, in a, in a way that they never could before, then, then it is an aspect of uh, an enhanced psychic ability. Nevertheless, they, they feel uh, reality is different. And, and many come away from these kinds of peak experiences saying that uh, – it's, it's a manifestation of what the, what's the term? Cosmic, creative energy. Uh, they, they speak of uh, multiverses, a common term. Uh, parallel universes, alternate realities, dimensions, uh, where there's different time and space, where other beings are perceived. 
And here again, we, we try to capture the underlying uniform foundation, if at all possible. And I don't, I'm not proclaiming to have any answers, but there is a commonality associated among all of these types of peak experiences. And, uh, and there are obvious differences, too. Thank you for listening. To unlock the full two-hour interview, including video formats, downloads, transcripts, exclusive articles, and more, subscribe to Veritas Plus now. Gain access to our entire archive dating back to 2008. Just click subscribe at veritasradio.com. Because you don't want to believe, you want to know. Subscribe now. To listen to the rest and all of our exclusive material, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or join the Veritas Plus family by subscribing. Click on the subscribe button at veritasradio.com. Don't forget to visit the Veritas store for focused life force energy. Get a 15-day free trial today with no credit card required. And if you want to get in touch with Mel, want to be a guest on this radio program, have a guest suggestion, or have feedback, just click on the contact button on our website at veritasradio.com. Now, proceed to the Veritas Plus member section or subscribe to listen to the rest of the interview. You don't want to miss it because you don't want to believe. You want to know. What are you waiting for? Subscribe now at veritasradio.com.